Hello, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for December 7th, 2020. This is the time of the week where we get together to talk about all things CircuitPython. I'm Katni, and I, along with some other folks in this chat, are sponsored to work on CircuitPython by Adafruit. CircuitPython is a version of Python designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. CircuitPython development is primarily sponsored by Adafruit, so if you want to support them and CircuitPython, consider purchasing hardware from Adafruit.com. This meeting is hosted on the Adafruit Discord server. You can join anytime by going to adafru.it slash discord. We hold the meeting in the CircuitPython text channel and the CircuitPython voice channel. This meeting typically happens on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, except when it coincides with a U.S. holiday. If the time for the meeting is changed, we will notify you via Discord. If you wish to be notified about changes to the meeting, we can add you to the CircuitPythonistas Discord role. There is also a calendar available that we try to keep updated if you'd like to subscribe to that. This meeting is recorded. We record audio from the voice channel and video from the text channel. If you would rather not have your voice recorded, you are still welcome to participate. The video of this meeting will be posted to YouTube and the audio is released as a podcast. If you find the podcast is not available on your favorite podcast service, please let us know. There is a notes doc to accompany the meeting and recording. If you wish to participate but you don't have a microphone or you'd rather not have your voice recorded, you can add your updates to the notes doc and we'll read them off as we get to you. As well, if you wish to participate but you can't make it to the meeting, you can leave hug reports and status updates in the document and we'll read them off during the meeting. The notes document also contains timestamps to go along with the video, so you can use the doc to skip around, the, skip around in the video to parts that interest you most. If you're just listening in, please let us know that you're lurking and we'll skip over you. If possible, please add your name to the notes doc with lurking after it, otherwise let us know in the text channel so that we can get the notes doc updated. It's important that your status be in the notes doc because that's what we use when we go through the list during the meeting. If you wish to speak during the meeting, you will need to be added to the CircuitPythonistas role on Discord. Please ask anyone in the meeting who's an admin or moderator to add you to the role if you're not already a member. If you don't want to be added to the role, you can still participate as text only. Simply let us know. This meeting is held in five parts. The first part is community news, which is a look at all things CircuitPython and Python on hardware in the community. It's a preview of our Python on microcontrollers newsletter. The second part is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. This is a statistical overview of the entire project. It's a chance to look at the project by the numbers um, and gives us an idea of the health of the project separate from what we're all up to. The third part is hug reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to highlight the good things folks are doing, taking the time to recognize awesome folks in our community. This section is held as a round robin, the first of two, where we'll begin with the person who is hosting, so I will start, and then I'll go through the list alphabetically, looping back to the top to give everyone who wants to a chance to participate. If you're lurking, I'll skip over you. If you're text only or missing the meeting, I'll read your notes off when I get to you in the list. The fourth part is status updates. Status updates is an opportunity to sync up on what we've been up to. Take a couple minutes and talk about what you've been doing since uh, the last meeting and what, you'll going, what you're going to be up to until the next meeting. It's also an opportunity for folks to provide tips and tricks in response to other status updates. This section is also held as a round robin to give everyone a chance to participate. Again, if you're lurking, we'll skip over you. And if you're text only um, or missing the meeting and have notes in the doc, I'll read them off when we get to you. The fifth part is in the weeds. In the Weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions. These discussions can come out of status updates or be something you've identified ahead of time is too long for status updates. 
If you have in, an In the Weeds topic now, please add it to the notes doc along with your name in the In the Weeds section at the end of the document. If you, if you think of them during the meeting, please add them as you come up with them. Uh, basically, the point is we're trying to not wait towards the end of the meeting uh, to see if anyone has topics. When we get to In the Weeds, we'll turn it over to whomever added the topic to begin the discussion. If you're text only, please make a note of it so I can read it off. And that covers how the meeting will go. So first up is community news. So the first thing we have is low power support is available on the ESP32-S2 in CircuitPython. It's come in the form of low power modes for the ESP32-S2 chip. Other tips will follow shortly if they're hardware capable. The details are in pull request 3767, which was merged last week into the nightly builds of CircuitPython for the ESP32-S2. While normally the recommendation would be to use uh, 6.1.0 beta 2, the absolute newest on S3, which is an available option on circuitpython.org downloads, is recommended for the ESP32-S2. On Sunday, the Desk of Lady Ada went over deep sleep testing for ESP32-S2 um, and the new uh, S2-FH4 chip. You can see how the Nordic Profiler kit uh, helps determine the power draw on sleeping boards. Um, we've had another Adafruit Discord uh, server milestone. We've reached 26,000 members. Adafruit, uh, or the Adafruit Discord is where we do all of our CircuitPython development in the open and transparently. Um, we believe that it provides a unique way for CircuitPython folks to connect. And you can join, uh, as stated earlier, at adafru.it slash discord. Uh, PyCon US 2021 was announced. Uh, it's going to be held online virtually. Planning PyCon US has taken us to a whole new world of virtual options. Our staff and volunteers are working hard to bring you a great event for you to enjoy, as well as multiple days of informative talks and tutorials, exciting news from our sponsors. You'll have ways to join in on open space conversations and even hallway track, um, and even a virtual 5K run. Um, the conference will be held on the same dates originally scheduled, May 12th through 15th, 2021. Sprints will be held on the 16th through 18th. Uh, and more information and signups are available at us.pycon.org slash 2021. Um, our own Lady Ada is going to be keynoting the linux.conf.au uh, this year, which is online um, scheduled for January 23rd through 25th, 2021. Um, in her keynote, Lamore will discuss how Python is snaking its way into hardware, Linux, single board computers, and more. And you can check out uh, the schedule on their site as well. The 2020 State of the Octoverse has been released, which is GitHub's um, report there for the for the year. Um, and Python has grown to the number two spot in languages used, up from four, the fourth in 2014. Um, 2020 has been a year of extraordinary change, yet with the 60 million plus new repositories created in this past year, one thing has remained true. Developers come together from all corners of the world to innovate, find connection, and solve problems. And there's a lot of information available um, on GitHub uh, with three different detailed reports. Um, so this is a preview of our CircuitPython weekly newsletter, Python on Microcontrollers. Um, you can sign up at adafruitdaily.com. The archives are available at adafruitdaily.com slash category slash circuit python. To contribute your own news or project, you can edit next week's draft on uh, GitHub and submit a pull request, 
or you can tag at an underscore engineer on Twitter or email anb at adafruit.com. And we're always looking for more stuff to add to the newsletter. So if you see anything or you have done anything Python on hardware related, please feel free to let us know so we can get it included. And that is community news. Next up is the state of circuit Python libraries and Blinka. This is a statistical overview of the entire project. It gives us uh, a look at the health of the project um, and a chance to look at the project by the numbers. We'll talk about the project overall, which includes CircuitPython, all of its libraries, and Blinka. And then um, we'll talk separately about the core, about the libraries, and about Blinka. So first up, overall, we had 22 pull requests merged by 15 authors. Um, there are four names I haven't seen before. Wizard Tim, uh, Slutsky, Scott A. Main, and M. Peckner are all new names. So thank you very much to all of our new contributors and nine reviewers. And we had 16 issues closed by 10 people and 20 open by 17 people. So we are up a little bit on issues, um, but obviously, if things need to be fixed or looked into, it's important that issues get opened. So that's also good to see, especially the high number of people that open those issues. Um, it's excellent to see that much involvement. Um, I don't have a lot to say about everything overall. I know that we are progressing quickly. Um, deep sleep has been a really important thing um, that has been worked on that Scott will probably talk about more with the core. and. Um, I know there's been a lot of development on the libraries and on Blinka, so all of that is really good to see. And with that, I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Okay, for the core, uh, we had three pull requests merged from four different authors, thanks to our authors. We had two reviewers. Uh, as always, if folks want to get started on core development, reviewing is a great way to do it. It also unblocks the authors. We usually have more authors than reviewers, so we're always looking for reviewers. Pull request-wise, we have 18 open pull requests, which is actually very, very good for us. I think last week or the week before, we were at 30 open pull requests. So good job, everybody, uh, getting that number down. And let's keep uh, pushing that number lower. Uh, we still do have two pull requests that have been open for over 100 days. So uh, let's keep keep pushing to keep, get our, or keep our open pull request count uh, down. Uh, Issue-wise, we had four closed issues by four people and 13 open by 10 people. So we are uh, up to 350 open issues. Um, this is also something that we need to take a look at. Um, I think this is a number that we will see grow over time, uh, but we should make sure that uh, we triage them all and kind of set expectations as to when they'll be done. And the way we do that is through uh, designating milestones on issues. So uh, the ones that we don't have triaged won't have a, an assigned milestone. So the count right now is four. Um, and then we have, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 all issues for 6.x, including five open issues for 6.0x, which is uh, issues we folks have found was stable. So those ones we should probably take a look at sooner rather than later. Although uh, I think we're also very focused on getting 6.1 uh, stable, stable as well. Um, but that's where we are with pull requests and issues. Uh, overall, I would just say, again, really good job on getting 
the open pull request down, count down. Um, Dan's initial deep sleep support is in beta 2, uh, which is awesome. And thank you, Dan, for doing the release. Uh, so expect to see more iteration on 6.1. And uh, hopefully, I think I think our goal is kind of to have the ESP32S2 stable by 6.1. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but please keep trying it and letting us know what issues you find. Uh, that's it for me. All right. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. So next up, <clears throat> I will talk about the libraries. Uh, this covers all of the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries, which begin with Adafruit underscore CircuitPython underscore. Uh, 16 pull requests overall merged by 11 authors, including all the names I called off earlier and one more that I don't recognize that I missed earlier, Adam Candy. Um, and eight different reviewers. So thank you to everybody who is involved in that. We had, uh, of the merged pull requests, the oldest one was 17 days old, so it's good to see... Um, it's good to see that we're still getting to older PRs, uh, but most of them were zero or one days old. So it's good to see that we're staying on top of things, uh, leaving us with 37 open pull requests. We had 11 issues closed by six people and six opened by six people, leaving us with 241 open issues, uh, nine of which are good first issues. If you're looking to contribute to the CircuitPython project and you want to contribute to the Python side of things, um, circuitpython.org slash contributing is a great place to start. Um, <clears throat> you'll find a list of open pull requests, a list of open issues, and a list of library infrastructure issues. Uh, you can search the issues for good first issue if that's the level to which you want to begin, um, or if you're looking for something a little more complicated, you can uh, search for bug or enhancement. We have a guide on contributing to CircuitPython with Git and GitHub, so don't let that intimidate you. Um, and we're always available to answer questions. So we want to um, we want to make sure that you are able to contribute in the way that works best for you. So if you are interested in that, check out that site and um, let us know if you have any issues. Uh, <clears throat> we had two new libraries in the last seven days, MLX90395 and fake requests, and a number of updated libraries, which I will not... Um, read off. And that's, uh, in terms of the libraries overall, um, we're seeing um, a lot of important stuff going on. Uh, currently, there's being a refactor is being done on some of the bigger libraries um, that were sort of all in one. Um, and those bits of them are being factored out, um, which is good, because a lot of that um, is being reused for many of them. Um, so it's it's good to take stuff that we're reusing and, and put it all into one place. And so that's excellent to see. So we're going to see, I think, in the next um, couple weeks or so, a flurry of new libraries that are um, functionality already existed, but are being moved um, around. So that's really great to see. And with that, I will turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka. Hello. Blinka is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. And actually, it's supposed to work with MicroPython as well, so I should start mentioning that. Uh, there were three pull requests uh, merged by two authors and one reviewer. There are se currently seven open pull requests. And there, were, uh, there was one closed issue by one person and one open by one person. 
leaving a net of 47 open issues. And actually, some of those uh, PRs were closed, like this morning, so that'll probably be updated next week. And there were 1,984 PyPI downloads in the last week, and we currently have 60 boards. And that's it. All right, thank you. And that is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. Next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to call folks out for being awesome. Um, it gives us a chance to highlight the great things that other people are doing in the community, um, both uh, online and offline. Um, you know, whatever experiences you have that are positive, uh, this is the place to let us know. Uh, this section is held as a round robin where I will start and then I will go down the list alphabetically and then loop back around and that gives everybody who wants to a chance to participate. If you are lurking, um, make sure that you've let us know. If you're, if you're not in the list, I will assume that you're lurking um, and skip over you. Uh, if you are, um, if you're missing the meeting and there's notes, um, I'll read them off as well as I get uh, to them. And I think that about covers hug reports. So I will go ahead and get started. All right, oh, geez, hold on. I hit something and now Google is doing crazy things. Okay. Um, all right, I'm back to where I was. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't know what the page was going to do. All right, so first up, a hug report to Dan and Jeff for a quick discussion about MagTag and a UF2 bootloader this morning. Um, to Justin, who is one of our main Learn Dev guys um, for kicking the Learn system when needed, and to Learn Dev for always being on top of fixing the issues I find. To Lady Ada for a quick PR review. And uh, Maker Melissa for all her work on refactoring the MagTag and other portal libraries, and a group hug. Uh, next, I have some notes from Kevin Thomas, who says group hugs. Uh, next up is Maker Melissa. Who is currently me? Oh. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. Okay, no worries. <laughs> uh, I was trying to hit the unmute the microphone and I muted my headphones. Gotcha. Okay, uh, okay so uh, first of all, I had a report for Mark Gambler for quickly reviewing uh, my uh, fake requests uh, review, which was blocking me on some other things. Uh, I report to a foamy guy for testing several of my portal related PRs. A hug report to Scott Main for adding a bunch of improvements to Blinka here in this last week. A hug report to Anecdata and uh, Dan Halbert for uh, getting the battery voltage on the MagTag library more accurate. And a group hug to everyone else. All right, excellent. Next up, I have some notes. Um... First from uh, Mark Gambler, uh, which is a group hug. And then next up, I have some notes from Microdev, who says a hug report to everyone who read my hug reports and status updates during the meeting. And uh, next up, I believe, is Scott. 
Hello. Uh, first, a hug report for Benny EE for all the help with the ESP32S2, uh, particularly debugging some of the hairier, one, one of the more hairier bugs I think we've ever seen with CircuitPython. Uh, we're all trying to figure out why uh, we're seeing some hangs. Uh, so thanks to Benny for taking a, a deep look at that. Um, thank you to C. Walther uh, for the supervisor allocation move PR that was actually merged. So thank you again, Christian. Um, and a hook report to Professor Sparkles, Timon, for the Metro Form Factor Raspberry Pi uh, Compute Module 4 board that uh, he showed off at the um, Maker cast uh, yesterday. It looks really cool. So those are my hug reports. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Next up, I have notes from Christian Walther. This is a hug report to Dan and Jeff for finding ways to make space on flash-constrained boards to fit the new supervisor allocator in. And next up is Dan. Uh, thank you. OK, so um, I I'd like to thank Mike Causer for um, noticing that we had a bunch of uh, expired Discord invite links um, in a bunch of uh, various repos. And he took the step of submitting a lot of PRs to fix those. And most of them are merged in already. Thank you. Thanks to Scott for continuing sleep discussions. And then after I kind of burned out on it, he volunteered to take over uh, finishing off simulated deep sleep and then continuing with uh, pin alarms on deep sleep and i'll go work on some other stuff and thanks to a bunch of people uh benny ehh uh, bruce s anecdata and jeff for looking at this very odd bug where if you import wi-fi i2c and i2c and then you control c the whole thing hangs this is really strange i looked at it in one way and i'll talk about that later but we're still working on this very strange bug. Okay, thanks. All right, next up I have notes from David Gloud, who says, a hug report to Dan for Deep Sleep and 6.1 beta 2 release, and to Jeff for the PyPedal for YouTube Learn Guide. And next up is Foamy Guy. All right, thanks, Kenny. Uh, this week I got a hug for uh, Dan and Scott and Microdev uh, and anybody else if I missed anybody who has worked on Deep Sleep. Uh, I know I'm about a, a week or so late on that, and, but I just had a chance to dive into it this past week. Um, so huge thanks to everyone who's worked on that. Uh, to Melissa for working on refactoring the portal libraries um, so they can share some more code. To uh, Lady Ada for a quick review and making some nice improvements to the uh, MagTag progress displays that I was working on. And then uh, last one for this week is uh, Jeff for working on, uh, showed off on, I think it was show and tell last week maybe, showed off um, fun, awesome icons working within CircuitPython and made some updates in a couple libraries to support uh, that. So thank you to Jeff for those. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Next up is Higher Effect. Uh, just a group hug for me this week, um, since I was offering a lot of it last week. We love group hugs. Next up is Jeff. Hello. Um, I wanted to thank particularly Benny E.H.H. and Bruce S. for their fresh eyes on this ESP32S2 lockout bug. Uh, even if there's no resolution yet, what you're doing is really helping because, you know, I, I looked into it and I got stuck down one narrow view of what it was and that didn't get us there. So we need 
We need more people looking. Uh, thanks to Dan for the deep sleep and the beta release. And of course, a group hug. All right. And finally, I have notes from Jerry, who's lurking today, and says group hug. And that is hug reports. Uh, next up is status updates. Status updates is an opportunity for all of us to sync up on what we've been up to since the last meeting and what we're going to do until the next meeting. Um, it is also held as a round robin in the same way, so please take a couple minutes to let us know what you've been working on over the last week and what you will be working on over the next week. And if you're up to it, let us know something fun that you have been doing um, in your off time uh, since keeping up with things like that is super important lately. Um, so with that, I will get started. Uh, let's see. So last week, finished and published the MagTag Holiday LED Wreath Guide. Um, it was a super simple one. Use the buttons on the MagTag to change LED animations on uh, an a, a LED strip. Uh, not a lot to go, uh, not a lot going on there, but um, definitely uh, shows how to use LED animations on the MagTag and um, uh, how to use a NeoPixel strip along with the onboard NeoPixels. Um, something that I'm sure many people will want to do. Um, I modified some basic cheer lights code to display an animation on the LEDs for each color instead of simply lighting them up, uh, and then started a guide for that. Um, nearly finished that guide, but then learned decided to be difficult uh, and crop things improperly. Um, and the only fix for that is to reboot learn, which I don't have access to. So I ended up having to uh, hold off on that until today, uh, which is to say um, I finished the chair lights guide and put that in moderation, even though that's in the wrong place here. Um, and I fixed up some comments in uh, the itsy bitsy BLE infinity cube code. I apparently filed an issue in learn um, ages ago that the comments were incorrect because it was modified from code that used a um, circuit playground blue fruit versus the um, Adafruit uh, mobile app. So the comments and print, print statements were incorrect because they were never updated. So I had filed an issue for that and never did anything with it. And it was pointed out today. So I fixed that up. Um, so this week, I am going to update the SGP30 guide to include the new STEM QT rev and then create a new guide for the SGP40 because despite it being next gen, they changed everything. Um, and I think that's all I've got going on uh, for this week. Um, no CircuitPython code for the SGP40 yet, so if you got one, um, don't get overly excited um, yet, because we haven't written the library for it. Um, and uh, that's what I've got going on. So next up I have notes from Kevin Thomas who says last week presented the study buddy microbit educational framework at the microbit live global conference. There will be a video rebroadcast of the entire event at the link below later this week. And there is a YouTube link in the notes created the talking text bot for the microbit V2 to help students learn or help students use the buttons and logo of the device as they would use a phone keyboard to text communicate with the bot. In addition to instructions on how to build out a database of trigger words and responses. And this week, 
Work on some foundational work for additional IoT CircuitPython tutorials to work on with FoamyGuy in the coming weeks. Um, next up is Maker Melissa. Hello. Uh, last week, I finished getting the Web Serial ESP tool to successfully flash an image that is uh, no more than two megabytes in size uh, to the ESP32 S2 boards. And I'll kind of get to why that why that limitation a little bit. Um, I separated the fake request into its own repo. I added deep sleep and light sleep functions to the magtag library. Um, I improved the magtag memory usage and speed by implementing font caching. I wrote portal base, which is the base library for the portal style libraries, and used some of the latest stuff from the magtag library in there. I refactored the magtag library to make use of that portal base library, and I updated the magtag guide to reflect additional magtag dependencies. This week, I'm going to work on the web serial ESP tool, and I need to add stub loading functionality so that we can flash images that are greater than two megabytes and do full chip erases because it has to upload like a little bit of code and then have that code run on because there's like two halves to the memory or something like that. Um, I need to possibly refactor some more libraries to use portal base depending on uh, how much time there is. And if there's time, uh, I wanted to test out Blink on MicroPython in its current state with uh, the PyBoard. And that's it. Excellent. All right, next up, I have notes from MicroDev. Last week, got OTA over the update or over the error update working. Um, it's issue 3777 on CircuitPython. And this week, get back to I2C peripheral, start on the ULP and touch alarms, and make OTA work. We'll or more OTA work. We'll probably make a PR soon. And next up is Scott. Hello, I picked up Deep Sleep from Dan. Uh, I do have it working, but I only have it working on the MagTag, so I've got to make sure that all the other boards still compile. Um, I should make a PR later today. Um, I also found and fixed an issue with safe mode where uh, if we have things that want to go into safe mode, they'll reset the board, but the board will rerun all the code. Um, and so if your your code is actually bad, you'll get in kind of a, a reset loop. So I've got an easy fix for that um, that I should actually, I think I'll split out before I do the deep sleep part of things. Um, and then my plan after I do that is to add pin alarm support. So the ability to wake up based on pin state um, will be next on my list. I almost added it to this current PR, but I was I think I was good enough to keep myself a bit focused on that. So uh, mostly deep sleep this week and then bug hunting as things come up as well. All right. Excellent. Next up, I have notes from Christian Walther. This is working on feature PRs enabled by the new supervisor allocator, set next code file and get previous traceback making them optional so they can be disabled on boards with too little flash and examining their interactions with deep sleep. And next up is Dan. Okay. Um, going backwards. So as everybody said, the deep sleep PR was merged last week. And then soon after that, uh, I released 610 beta two, 
which included deep sleep and a whole bunch of other ESP32 S2 stuff, uh, new stuff and fixes. It's, it's quite a lot of things. Um, there were some we were we were had some mysterious issues about uh, the voltage monitoring on the MagTag, and I looked at that and determined that there was a simple calculation error in the library that's fixed. And it looked like there might have been some issues with the analog in implementation, but that's not really true. It doesn't seem like so. It seems to be working out okay. It looked like there was 150 millivolt offset at one point, but I did some checking later in a different way and I couldn't find that offset. So that issue is closed for now because it's it's good or good enough or something. And so what I'm going to be working on now is there's this very short deep sleep guide I'm working on with some simple examples. And the next thing I've been working on is that many people have asked for um, being able to save state during deep sleep and all the chips that we support have some way of doing that, whether it's registers or some piece of RAM that can be maintained with using very little power. And so we'll add something that's kind of like microcontroller.nvm, which is in flash to save state, but it'll be actual RAM. So if you took away the power completely, it would go away. But if you're just deep sleeping, it'll still be there and it, you can't wear it out or anything like that. So it'll probably be very similar to microcontroller.nvm. And so I'll be implementing that so you can save state during deep sleep since your program exits completely and otherwise you couldn't save any state. Okay, that's it. All right, thank you. Next up, I have some notes from David Gloud. Testing Seedwino CircuitPython capable board, Xiao and Wio terminal. Uh, Pi-hole made a DHCP mess of my network, power, cycle, power cycling all of my IoT devices. Working on MagTag Pi-hole status display with MagTag library plus progress bar. And found a way to make a bitmap file with MS Paint that crashes on disk bitmap and filed an issue for that on the MagTag library. Next up is Foamy Guy. All right, thanks, Kenny, uh, for last week. I completed um, the a commit hash argument for the Blinka CLI tool. Uh, so you can specify a particular commit hash and it will install that version for you out of um, the Amazon bucket if it finds it. Um, I kind of dug into the deep sleep APIs and uh, worked on converting over the progress display scripts to use those. Um, I got out the LC709203. I'm not sure if that's the right number, but it's the fuel gauge uh, stem of breakout that lets you see how full a battery is and helps you charge it uh, kind of in line with the rest of the circuit. Um, interested in perhaps using that along with a MagTag, uh, although I figured out after the fact that the MagTag can read, read the battery voltage, so it kind of does some of that for you. Uh, so I may not end up needing it. Uh, but I did play with that. And then uh, probably the most exciting news in my house over the weekend is uh, we gained a new a new cat, um, was hanging around outside, we think, and then um, so we took it in, we got a point. Um, did Foamy Guy cut out for anyone else? I think the cat took over, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't hear anything. Okay, was 1,000% certain it was me. Can someone tag him? Uh, 
Um, oh, wait, no, I can hear you now. You're typing. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, I no think worries. my network's going up and down a little bit. But uh, last couple things, I'll make them quick, is uh, next week I want to work on a weather display that I'm going to stick on the fridge uh, for the MagTag, use a sensor and also some API data, marry those together and see, get a good at-a-glance look. And then um, I want to keep working on a scheduling system for the matrix portal, and I want to test out those two... PRs that uh, Jeff got in and play around with Font Awesome. I'm a big fan of Font Awesome, so I want to try those out this week. But that's all for me. Thank you. I expect pictures of the cat. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a couple in pet photos already, but yeah, there's there's definitely more coming for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up is Higher Effect. Okay. Um, so this past week, um, I spent some time on uh, the IMX uh, PWM out module, um, which is uh, still in progress uh, just because I had to get kind of spun back up on the IMX, but uh, it's coming along. Um, I worked this morning on fixing the pin resets for the ESP32 S2, um, which I also have a fix in for, but I'm running into PS RAM crashes, so uh, I don't know what's up with that. Um, still figuring that out. Uh, and then uh, last week, unfortunately, I also had a bunch of my, I uh, spent a bunch of time on DMA for SPI, and unfortunately, that really has uh, kind of fallen apart um, just because I can't get the DMA to spit out anything except garbage. Um, so that was kind of a bummer, but um, got more stuff coming in this week. Um, I'll be wrapping up PWM out. Uh, I'll be working a bit on the I squared C repeated start issue that we found on SPI or uh, on STM32, I mean. And um, I'll be starting work on TCP server as soon as I'm done with PWM out. And uh, that's it for me. All right. All right. Excellent. Next up is Jeff. Hello. Uh, I just want to start off by saying to Fumi Guy, I'm glad you're excited about the font stuff. I haven't actually retested the, um, the font I was using with those changes because I shifted to just concentrating on performance and not fixing the bugs um, related to fonts that don't have alphabetical characters. So just keep that in mind. Still good to know, and it would still be great for you to give those changes a test, though. Anyway, uh, last week, I did some work on the I squared C problem on ESP32S2 with no success. I feel like I've reported that a number of times in a row. I did miscellaneous other stuff, but kind of the place where I had a good outcome, and uh, I'm, I'm happy about it, is my guide. Uh, Pi pedal for YouTube was published on the Adafruit Learn system. And that is uh, BLE, showing how to use BLE on a Raspberry Pi with Adafruit Blinka to start and stop a YouTube video uh, as you use a stationary bike. So anyway, this week, and also uh, this past weekend, I've been working on speeding up font loading for the mag tag. Um, so the first thing I did was I kind of optimized the Python code for reading this plain text font format that we use and got a 40% speed improvement. Um, what I'm doing today is I'm implementing a binary font format. And um, just before the meeting, that started loading the font that I was testing with, but the benchmarking is still to do. And then uh, that will kind of point in the direction of what to do next. And I've got about two and a half other project guides in the works. So those will be coming out um, as they become ready. And, you know, as always, trying to pick up little items, do uh, reviews on pull requests and so forth. All right. Excellent. 
Um, next up, I have notes from Jerry, who has nothing to report sad face. I'm pretty sure Jerry has been super busy um, and is disappointed about a lack of CircuitPython involvement, uh, if I remember from the last couple meetings. And that is status updates, uh, which means it is time for In the Weeds. In the Weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions, uh, possibly things that come out of status updates if they turn into a long-form discussion, or possibly something that you already had in your mind that you wanted to talk about in the meeting but didn't make sense for status updates. Um, we have one topic, and I am going to turn it over to Higher Effect to talk about it. Okay, so um, this is just something that kind of came up in the channel this week, uh, or in the channel just this morning. I was talking to Joey, uh, who uh, created a system called Babel, um, which allows Unicode support on CircuitPython chips that happen to have a two megabyte flash chip. Um, and uh, it can it's, it's really pretty small, uh, compact for getting the full Unicode character set. It's only uh, two megabytes for the whole library, which is something of an achievement. Um, but uh, I was trying to figure out whether we would be able to squeeze that into the ESP32-S2 flash. Um, normally, I would say that would seem a lot like we could, um, but I'm, I'm not really totally sure how much uh, data the actual CircuitPython build takes on the uh, ESP32 flash and how small, whether it can actually be reduced in size. Right now it's not fitting and uh, and I'm trying to figure out whether it's even feasible to, to try and make it fit or whether it would really require another external flash chip somehow. You need a larger you flash a chip. Like the ESP32 S2 build itself is over a megabyte. And we have two mm -hmm. of those for OTA. And I don't want to not do that because people are going to expect it. Um, and then do for, for OTA as in over the air updates. Correct. Yeah. And um, the way that works is, is you there, got two is, spots I mean, for it in case it doesn't work. Right. So is it, I mean, is it, there's no space there for a, um, you don't think it would be a good idea to just have a, a build setting that could have a non-OTA uh, build option? No, I, I think what you should do is just use a bigger flash. If, if, you, if you have a board that needs it, like the Feather S2 has a 16 megabyte flash on it, and you'll be fine. Um, the only problem right, is that... Yeah. Like, I, was, I, was, I was hoping to get it on the mag tag. Um, right, the modules which, uh, have, have four generally. Um, Right. I just like I would rather have OTA be something that's consistently available for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. And even if you've managed to fit the two megabytes in there, you really n you're not going to have much room for f the file system then either. Um, right. Because there's also like two fifty six k for there's two fifty six k for the UF two bootloader, and then there's sixty four k at the start for all of the. ESP IDF things too. So like the file system already is just under a megabyte. So I really it OTA I think is more important than having a larger f file system that could have this. Okay. 
right. it, I mean, I was surprised too. Like I started adding the network stuff and like it was originally configured to be 512K. And then the moment I added the network stuff, it just blew up. And so I'm also very wary of like trying to shrink it down at all because like we're adding more things and I have no idea how big those things are going to be. Gotcha. Um, so I'm, that's why I bias towards having those OTA sections be pretty large. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense. Um, in terms of supporting more flash externally, uh, so within the modules, that's just, there's just a flash chip in there. Um, presumably, mm -hmm. um, do we support additional flash chips? Like, can, can you, can we support like rigging up an extra flash chip or are there any, any obstacles to, to that? I don't know of any boards that have two flash chips. I think what I would suggest is actually going SD card. Okay. Um, if you want bulk flash storage, like SD cards are the way to go, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it would be, yeah, just extending. Either either have a bigger flash chip. Right. Well, yeah. Well, so, so right. So a uh, either design your own non-module ESP32 system with a larger flash chip. Or right. right. Okay. And and this is all, of course, for the default. So if you want to do it differently for a specific use, you can. Uh, but okay. I wouldn't change the default circuit Python setup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Good enough. Thanks for the thanks for the info. Yeah, I mean, I I wish it was smaller, but no, it's it's cool. I mean, Unicode. I mean, it's like for most obviously for for almost any circuit Python board getting Babel into it is, uh, is not an easy task. And I, I just, you know, I saw the four megabytes and I was like, we ought to be able to fit it in there. And then I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, maybe we can. So networking is complicated. Right. Turns out. So shame because the mag tag, I don't think there's any way to get an SD card to connect to the mag tag. So that might be off the table for Unicode, but yeah, maybe um, it's worth we I could mention a little more that because she's thinking about additional mag tags, kind of the same way that like there's multiple pi portals, and so maybe an right. SD card is something we could throw on a different sized one. Yeah, an SD card mag tag. I think because I think we can easily put Babel. I think that Joey has even just a, a system for Babel that that just is designed for for um, SD card use. So yeah, either a mag tag that uses that or a mag tag that's designed, you know, like the the ESP Feather and has like a 16 gigabyte, um, you know, flash chip instead of the fours that that come with the modules. Right, like you could just use a Feather S2 and a an E ink Featherwing. That would work. Right, fine. right, exactly. That would that would be fine too. Okay, cool. But yeah, I don't I don't know of any modules that'll be bigger than four. Yeah, well, I'll, so I'll, I'll going to be most common, I think. I'll think about just moving, you know, uh, maybe trying to put it just like exactly what you said, the the e ink featherwing and a um, and a feather s two, and just do mm -hmm. that uh, in the meantime. And then I don't know, maybe we can maybe a future mag tag could. could think I mean, about I that. I do Figure. wonder as well, like, could you split the Babel data up by language, and then uh, fit I, a particular know, language? I um. I, I you you might be able to. I would have have to, have to ask Joey, but I don't know how helpful it would be because, um, you know, the language that's really going to be the big constraining ones. Well, I guess maybe getting rid of Korean 
versus because Chinese and Japanese are kind of a, a group unit. Um, getting Korean might, you know, Korean and, and uh, Chinese, Japanese, those are exclusive. So you could pick one or the other. Um, but yeah. I think that even in those cases, he has like a slim down version that's like, uh, that doesn't have any of the CJK and that's like 300 and something kilobytes. So it's still not small. Right. Um, but it would, just, it would fit right. in the file system for the four meg then. Right. Yeah. That's, that's without CJK. So that's no Japanese, no Chinese and no Korean, um, picking between Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. I, I don't know. I'd have to ask right. Joey about the feasibility of that. Yeah. I don't know what the breakdown is between those languages too. Um, I imagine obviously Chinese is going to be the biggest. And then uh, I don't know if you can have just a subset of Chinese for use with Japanese. I don't know. I'd have to ask. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I think we're good. Um, that was our only in the weeds topic. So I will go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for December 7th, 2020. Um, again, this is our time of the week to talk about all things CircuitPython. Um, thank you to everyone who participated. If you want to support Adafruit and CircuitPython and those of us that work on CircuitPython, consider purchasing from the Adafruit shop at adafruit.com. The video of this meeting will be released on YouTube at youtube.com slash Adafruit, and the podcast will be available on major podcast services. It will also be featured in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter, which you can visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe. The next meeting will be held as usual, I believe, next Monday, um, at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Bear in mind, we do have um, one change upcoming. Uh, I don't have the calendar in front of me. Um, we're skipping the Monday between Christmas and New Year's this year. Uh, so there won't be a, a switched up meeting um, December 28th. Thank you, Jeff. No meeting. Um, but otherwise, meetings are being held at the normal times. Uh, this meeting is held on the Adafruit Discord, which you can join by going to adafru.it slash discord. And to be notified about the meeting or any changes to the time of day, you can be added to the Circuit Pythonistas role. And we hope to see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>